this might uh, be over several weeks. Y'all be in prayer for Caleb too. Caleb's playing ball in prison today in Ohio, and he's getting to speak to inmates. Amen. So be in prayer for him. God sent the Lord sends him out. But I want to talk to you today about the power of prayer. I want to talk to you today about the power of prayer. I think it is our highest honor as a child of God to be able to spend time in prayer. Before we do that, though, can y'all fill it up in the message? Deuteronomy 3. I want to show y'all what's going on back in church. I don't have the message. You don't have the message? No. I've got this somewhere. I'm going to find it in my book. Maybe, guys, for the uh, if if we can get this pretty soon, I'd like to get it on a screen. Uh, got it written down. I can find it in my notebook. Anyway, let's look at, well, I really love the way it's said. Well, we will, that's a good idea, but it won't be said like the message. Has anybody got the message translation in the room? Has anybody got it? Deuteronomy 3, Deuteronomy 30. Yes, Deuteronomy 33. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 3. Okay, listen to this. Listen to this. God, your God. This is what's going to go to the back of your t-shirt. God, your God. No, let come back to it. Where is it? It's not got numbers. We don't like verse numbers. Okay, let's put it Okay. I'll read this in the message, but I'll read it from it. God, your God, will cut away the thick. No, let me. God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. Has anybody got it the message? Okay. Is that the message? Oh, right here. Okay. All right. That's why you're making a really good assist. God, your God, will restore. This is what's on back of the shirt. Sorry, I'm reading from the wrong. Oh, I see what I did there. Actually, actually, that phrase is three times in that chapter. I read the wrong one. God, your God, will restore everything you lost. This is on the back. Everybody say restoration. He'll have compassion on you. Now, get this. This is what I love. And he'll come back and pick up the pieces. Amen. Isn't that good? Yeah. He'll come back and pick up the pieces in your life. That's the message we're going to send to this community. That God picks up the pieces. Amen. That God, your God, was there three times in the scripture. Anyway, now if you can, I want you to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 11. Y'all been used to Caleb. Caleb. 
the silk. Yeah, we're good to go. For Mark 11, verse 15 through 18. Now, I've kind of subtitled this prayer unrated. You know what? You know what? Everybody's interested. The world's interested watching a movie. What do you put on it? It's unrated. They're all the more they put in. We didn't rate it. We just left it up. Took, in other words, before they rated, there was a verse. They cut some things out. When they rated it, they cut some things out and showed the movie that way. But if they get the unrated version, nothing's cut out. So everybody wants to watch it to see what see what's in there. Or we like to throw this phrase out. And I'm going to also want to subtitle it this prayer uncensored. What's that mean? Look, we like if a show is unsensitive, there's no holds barred. I say this. I think the church has done too much censoring of prayer. What do you mean by that? I think we've always put little human limitations on prayer that the Lord never put. I'm, I'm this kind of guy. I'm a whole, I, I taught math for years. I'm a math, I'm a, I'm a math and social studies man. But I like to pull things together out of Scripture. But I don't like to base what I preach you on my experience alone. If my, I will share my experience as my experience reflects the Word. Amen? But I'm not going to take, I don't, I'm not going to preach my weaknesses and failures as doctrines. Because every one of our lives is called to a higher place. Amen? Now that doesn't mean we're not God's child as we're ascending into that place in God. But it simply means that, that we are not to get satisfied with a lesser life than what the Bible tells us. Come on, somebody. We're not to be satisfied. None of us are. Just, just, just go to the Bible. Just go to the Word of God and let it become the basis for your life. But here's the thing. Here's where people get off track. If they don't immediately see it, they will quit. You can't do that. Because you're not going to immediately see it most of the time. The Bible says this. The kingdom of God is like a man who goes out and sows seed. And we all know this. If, it, if, if it, there would be no farmers left, if every farmer threw in the towel, that when he didn't see an immediate return on his, on his sowing, right, Jim? It takes time. It takes development. It takes certain atmospheric conditions to unfold and, 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 and play out and that will bring the seed there out of the ground, right? It's the same way in the kingdom. But let me say this. You can't just go out there and till up the dirt. Seed's got to go in, right, Jim? Seed's got to go in. The seed of God's Word. So Mark 11, let's go to Mark there. It's got a couple... This is kind of like a foundational message today. But I want you to look at Mark 11, verse 15. So they came to Jerusalem, then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares to the temple. But what were they doing? They were making money in the house of God. But is Jesus against being brought. No. It's the way he go about it. Look what he says. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. Huh. 
And the scribes and chief priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him. For they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. Why were they astonished at his teaching? Why? Because it was backed up with power. That's why they were, if you'll read in another place, it says, it says in different places in Scripture that the common people received him gladly. They were people. You know what? And they make a difference. People begin to see the difference between him and the religious folk. You know what the difference was? Number one, there was always a lack of love and compassion in the voice of in the voice of the religion of that day. But also, when he spoke, things happened. You know, there was a difference. The religious folk didn't try to cast out devils. You know what they did? They had the religious explanation why that devil was in you and why it was offered. They could tell you, honey, you're a curse. You didn't follow your grandpa. didn't follow that law. Now you're living under that curse. Get out of the temple. Get your... No, Jesus didn't go for that angle. He said, get out. He spoke to the demon to get out of them. What he did, he changed people's lives with, the, with, with grace and truth. Amen? He exhibited power. But let's go back one step. Let's go one step before that. What's the source of his power? Prayer. Well, no, he was the son of God. Bible tells us in the book of Philippians that he literally emptied himself of his, of his, of his rights as the son of God. Jesus Christ ministered on this earth as a man under the same anointing of the Holy Spirit that you can have. He ministered on the face of this earth as a man. The man Christ Jesus. There, it tells us in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38. But at the very core of what Jesus was, I believe this. There was a life and a devotion and a hunger. A thirst and a passion for prayer. Now I'm still getting the feedback up here. I don't know what that's all about doing something on the stage. But Jesus said this. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer. I believe there's two for all nations. What's that mean? Is prayer that's going on should even affect beyond just our little community. Yes, it should affect you. It should affect your life. It starts with your children. It starts with your home and your relationships. And even the simplest little request you want to make known for God. But prayer should not stop there. Prayer should have very far-reaching effects. That's why the scripture tells us to pray for our leaders. Amen? Well, my leader is in power. My political party, well, what's that? That don't matter. I'll be a pen to the Word of God. The Word of God says you to pray for a leader, even if you don't like his political persuasion. You're still supposed to pray for him or her. Amen? Your prayer is to have far-reaching. He said, well, my house will be a, a house of prayer for all nations. In other words, your prayer is so powerful, it can reach even beyond your home, your family, your house. It can reach even beyond your community. It's designed to have no limits on it. Amen? Amen? No limits to reach all nations. Now there's two things. You are the house of God. Individually, we are the house of God corporately. So I, there's two things I want to I say. That, look, your prayer, your personal prayer life is extremely powerful. As we learn to pray. Is it important we learn how to pray? Well, Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. The apostles asked him. He didn't stop that. But my point is, there are certain principles of prayer that are important. But is it the most important thing? No. 
We'll get to that today before we quit. It's not the most important thing, but it is important. Get this. There are mechanics in prayer, but there is a motivation that should be behind prayer. You know with me? There are certain mechanics in prayer. What do you mean? Okay. Jesus said pray how? Did he say pray in the preacher's name? Did, whose name is praying? Pray to the Father in whose name? His name. Right? His name is legal access to the Father. Now get this. That is a mechanic. That is a that is one of the mechanics of prayer that we need to practice. Amen. I pray through His name. Okay, but it can't stop there. We've got to understand the motivation that's behind the mechanics. There is a motivation that I'm going to get at today. But as powerful as our prayer can be as an individual, there's also this concept of the house of God: is that we're the house of God. Amen? That you put all of us in. We are called the body of Christ. Together. You have a role. I have a role. You have a role. You have a role. There, look, there is nobody that's brought into this house that's been just to sit here and suck a spiritual ball of all their lives. Come on. Every single person is meant to have a role and a function in the body of Christ. Amen? And we don't need that because, because maybe 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 a certain role in this big in the world's eyes, you should not belittle your role if that's the case. Because things that are little in the world's eyes are massive in God's eyes. Come on, somebody. Because the Bible says the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. You cannot judge things in the world's perspective. Amen? So, as powerful it is when you pray, there's even more power, power at least, when you and you get together. See, what did Jesus say? He said, if any two what? Agree. Why do you think? I've passed this church for 16 years coming up. And, and here is the devil's constant game, trying to divide us. Come on, somebody. Here is the devil's constant game. He is trying to split us up and, 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 and splinter the group. Come on, somebody. I've seen it. And we do it in religious ways. We're always fighting God's battle when you're really fighting the devil's battle. Because when we divide, the devil wins. Because you know what? Every time we divide, the, the power leaks out of the potential of prayer in the church. Every time you and I divide, then the devil gets the upper hand. Come on, somebody. Y'all see what I'm saying? That's why after years of pastoring, years of being a Christian, here's what I say. That the greatest mark of Christian maturity is not that you can sing, not that you can preach, not that you can even cast out a devil, but the greatest mark of maturity in a child of God is that they've got the ability to stay at one with their brother and sister. Come on, somebody. You know why? There's an underlying power to that. Because if we can stay together, if we can stay unified, we can tear the devil's kingdom all apart. Amen. Come on, so as we stay together. See, it took me a while to get started. I get started, man. That shifting here, not go. See? That's why the so so Jesus says, My house shall be a house of prayer. He wants your house to pray, but he also wants this house to pray. He didn't say this house should be a house of preaching. We preach. He didn't say, oh, wait, 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 
They become into this. He didn't say this house would be a house of outreach, even though we're supposed to reach out. He said your house needs to be a house of prayer. Because if you want to outreach, you better inreach and you pray. Come on, somebody. Before you reach out, you better reach up. Oh, come on. That was good, buddy. Before you reach out, you better reach up to God. Because in the reaching up, there is a connection to a power that can get in your outreach and set the captive free. Amen. Amen. Prayer is paramount. And it's not only individual, it's corporately. This church is going to begin. We are going to further develop corporate times of prayer in this church. The Holy Spirit well, God, let me alone. We talk about it all the time, Jan. How he wants this church coming together. And you know what he wants? He wants you to come, and here's what we do. We first pray for the needs of the body. We begin to pray for the needs of the church. And then we break down, and we begin to come into agreement and pray for each other's needs. See, that's all in the Scripture. But how are we going to pray? We'll learn to stand on God's Word. Amen. Now, does God not hear my just my foot? Oh, I cry. But here's the thing. The importance of God's word is this. When you get a word of God to stand on and you talk to God, you now have his will on the matter. And it produces a confidence in you. Amen? If you're my daddy and you told Jimmy, I'm going to give this to you at some point. I'll guarantee you it's something I really want. I'm going to remind you of the time to die. Amen? That, you said that was coming. Amen? That when, when I find something in his word, I take every one of those promises as mine. So here's what I do. Maybe I don't see it yet, but I've got the word of it. I've got the word of it. So here's what I do. I, when I pray, I bring his word up to him. This is another mechanic, mechanical issue of prayer. But that's not where I want to stop today. Do you all know this? Listen, listen. Prayer was ultimately prominent with Jesus. One of the biggest things he ever did, Rick, was he, he chose 12 guys, right? Read in the scripture in Luke what he did before that moment. He went out and he prayed all night long. Before he would make that decision, he prayed all night. This is the Son of God. If the Son of God had to pray all night long, for which, and even one of them was a devil, if he, if he waited all night long, and, and, and he, he went before his heavenly Father, and he's the Son of God, you know what you might think you might ought to pray before you make decisions? How much you think you might ought to start seeking God? If Jesus did it, maybe, you know, you might think about it. Before we jump up and say that, that we might seek God in prayer. I don't care about your talent level if I don't know first about your prayer level. Come on. I'm going to even say this. I don't even, listen, don't take me wrong. I'm not, I'm not even nearly concerned about what God's called you to do as I am. Are you calling out to God in preparation for what he called you to do? That's good. Now, let's make this clear. Just praying to God make him love you more? Absolutely not. His love for you has nothing to do with you. 
It only has to do with the, with the purchase of his son. But you better know this. Jesus had to walk this earth for many years to make the purchase and change to our lives. And his life was one place of prayer to another. It was a it was a moment. What did he do when he would face the cross? What did he do? Did he have a did he have a two day strategy meeting with his boys? No. What he did was he told them, but he went out and prayed, Jared. And what did he say? Could you not tarry with me but one hour? Could you not? And here's the fact: this prayer works against your flesh. Your flesh in the beginning doesn't like to pray. It's like eggs. I'm going to say a cuss word in church. This is a cuss word. Exercise. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got this blame the devil. You'll be amazed how the devil will flee. There's a demon that attacks the church. Its name is Sugar. <laughs> I said that's one of the demons that attacks the church. It attacks the church. But see, I'm not saying you can't have any sugar, but I'm saying you better learn discipline. Amen. And you better learn to be disciplined in prayer. But don't think all the praying you do does not make God love you. But here's what it does. It will unfold the provisions of his love. And that's how Jesus set it up. That's how the Father set it up. It will not make him love you, and your prayer provides nothing for you. That did. What he did there did. But through prayer, we unveil the things God had for us all along. Come on, somebody. And then we wonder, why is God doing all this in that life? Had a girl one time come in the midnight hour. You know, people come, religious people call me, and then they always got an ulterior motive. <laughs> she called me, oh, she's crying, oh, God. And here's what she said I just come in, I worked all day, coached the basketball game. Drug myself into the house when you were a child. This is when it happened. You were young and playing ball. Drug, I drug into the house. I got caught. Wore out. And here's what come off the other end of the line. I don't understand why God blesses you and don't bless me. Oh, oh my God. Let me go to bed. God loves us the same. But there are some things. Why do you think he said you're to be a disciple? Do you know he just didn't say, he didn't say, he didn't say, I'm going to shake up your trees. He did not say go make believers. He said go make disciples. We believe simply because of the great love he has for us, and that's the Holy Spirit unveils that. But you've got to take a step further. If God's going to flow through your life like he desires to, you've got to become a disciple. And at the heart of being a disciple is the word discipline. Amen? That means you pray when you don't feel like it. Amen? That means that you discipline your life. You discipline your finances. You discipline your emotions to line up with the Word of God. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching. And part of the discipline is prayer. You know there's absolutely unlimited potential in prayer. Let me show you. Let me just read it. Go to John. 
you know what I hate that religion does? Religion always wants to make excuses. I can't stand that stuff. Well, I grew up in church. I need to grow up in church to say, well, sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says maybe. That sounds really good. And you know what that does do? It reflects the prayer life of a lot of Christians. But can we look at what Jesus said? Let's just look at red words for a minute. I'm going to give you nothing but red I'm not going to give you anything but red words. Just listen. John 14, 12. I mean, I'm just going to read this. Everybody say prayers. Prayer. Potential. Real quick. Just listen. John 14, 12 through 14. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do will he, will he do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Now get this, 13. And how, these, how are these greater works going to be done? I'm just God, man, God's here. Wait, see what it says. He says, and whatever you ask in, in whose name? My name, that I will do. That the, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What's been preached in the church? Well, here's what brings God glory, Linda. Is you ask, God doesn't answer, and you have the character to accept it. When Jesus said, here's what brings glory to my Father. When you ask in my name, and you receive. Now, here is the thing, though. Sometimes there is a space of time you've got to be patient and you've got to wait before the Lord. But you don't change your position of faith. You stay on what God said was yours. Come on, somebody. Jesus said this when he taught them how to pray. He gave them a parable. And in the beginning of the parable, he said this. I'm going to tell you all this. Some of you will pray and not quit. Some of you will pray. Why? Because, Rick, sometimes there's a delay. And the delay, to get this, Bill Johnson, one of my favorites, says this. Whenever there's a delay in prayer, then God means to build your character as he answers your prayer. But he doesn't say when God says no. He says when there's a delay. Get this, Bill also says this. God, it, it, it's, it's prayer answer, answering with character building, but also when there's a delay, your prayers are building interest. Come on, somebody. Your prayers are building interest. See, that now that fits in good with what he said. What was said, what Paul said. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. What is interest? Interest is the portion of the money that's above what you put in. Why? Because you are willing to invest for a time period. Come on, somebody. Did you get that? So when there's a delay, you keep on praying. You keep on staying on the Word of God. You keep on believing. And then God says, I'll do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. Come on, somebody. That's it. Is this new preaching or what? Hallelujah. Now, just before we look, John 15, 7 says this. John 15, 7, he says, if you abide in me, that's where I'm going to close in about two minutes. And my words abide in you. Huh. You will ask what you desire. And it shall be done. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That ain't all Roberts. 
Uncle Robert's trying to say, Uncle Robert got Kenneth Copeland's. No, that Kenneth Copeland didn't say that. He, they preached it. You know what? When Uncle Robert's first started, get this read. You know the religious order of the day crucified him for making one statement that you preach in your newfangled way every Friday night. You know what he said? He said, God's a good God. And today, something good's going to happen to you. And they crucified him. For making that statement. It wasn't the world that crucified him. The church. Because he just told everybody. That God was a good God. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. God is a good God right? And he's somebody worthy to talk to. He said you know what? We just don't need to talk about him. We need to talk to him. As much as he wants you to talk about him. He wants you to talk to him first. And if you'll talk to him first. He'll put a power that's unrestrained. A power that's unmistakable. A power that can change everything. If you talk about him. Gosh I'm preaching right. <coughs> Woo I feel all the Hallelujah. I'm just going to give you the word. Okay, that's stuff out. So, we got prayers promised with Jesus. He's my house to be a house of prayer. Jesus' life was one place of prayer to the next. Right to the very end, wasn't it, baby? You know what? Get this. Do you know his prayer life has ended? The Bible says he makes intercession for it. Oh, it's good, isn't it? His prayer life had not stopped now. Jay, and every day he's in heaven making intercession for you and your family. He's every day in heaven making intercession for you and what he's called you to do. He's every day. His prayer life never ends. Then my servant Glory to God. Just saw that. I ain't charging anything extra for that. Last thing. Close. We talked about prayer's prominence. We talked about prayer's potential. Anything this word, you got to pray for it. Anything in this word, you got to commit it to prayer and stay on it. Now here's the thing. Get this. I'm going to read it back up. The last thing I want to mention, though, what is prayer's motive? We talked about prayer's prominence with Jesus. We talked about prayer's potential, which is unlimited. Now, listen, let me qualify that in one quick statement. Jesus said, if your words abide in me, what's that mean? You're going to pray his word. He's not bound to get to, to whatever you pray, get a scripture on it. Okay? He's bound to move. He'll perform his word. Isaiah 55. Come on, Linda. That's exactly right. He, that's a church mama preaching now. When a church mama wants to preach, I'll sit down. She can take it over. Hallelujah. He will perform his word that returns to it. It will not return unto me. Boy, can I tell y'all something? How does it return to him? Through your mouth. Yes. How does it return to him? Through you calling out to him. Hallelujah. He promised in Isaiah 55. He says, I'll give you, he says, it will not return. He says, you will not, it will not return to me, Lord. But how does it return through your mouth? Through praying and speaking. Now, what's prayer's motive?
The motive, what is a motive? It's the underlying motivation. Can I say this? Jesus, through his life of prayer, through his reliance on the Heavenly Father, produced like no other man ever produced. The Bible says in the book of John, Bill, that if everything he had did was written down, the books could not contain, the world could not contain the volumes of information that would be. He produced like no other man. Right? But if we get the mechanics of prayer down, but we fail to understand the motivation, this is your heart. This is your sermon. If we fail to understand the motivation behind it, we'll lose that. What do you mean? It's simply this. It's real simple. The motivation of prayer isn't the thing you get. It's the person you get to. The motivation of prayer must not be the healing. It must not be the new job. It must not be that. that look, through the mechanics of, he said, you go after whatever you need. But there's got to be what's going to, what's behind powerful prayer, James, is an underlying motivation just to get to know. You know what Paul said? He said, I've done it all. But he said, I count it all like going. I'll use Caleb's word. You know what Caleb said? He's a crap. His mama's trying to get that word out of him. She hasn't succeeded yet. But she's not preaching on it at home, so don't y'all think she can. If Caleb was here, he'd say it. Paul said, It's all but done that I might know him. And then you know what? If we try to uh, if we try to put up the results of prayer over the person of prayer, the results of prayer become dumb. They become crap. There's no comparison. The man you get to know, the, the power, the God you get to know is far greater than anything you'll get. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let me just show you. We're right there. But it's about it. If Jesus didn't want you praying in his name, he wouldn't have said it. If he didn't want you abiding in him and, and let the word abide in you, if he didn't, he wouldn't, he didn't say things that didn't have power in them and have purpose. But see, that's what the religious folks did. They put all the mechanics over the person. Amen? And prayer and its basic element. Get this. It's walking with God. Yes. It's walking with God. Jesus said this in John. He said, I and the Father are one. We, I'm just paraphrasing that. I know that John 14 is there, so I can finish up real quick. Because we're all hungry right now. Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. He says, what I say, only what I hear my Father say. In other words, and he said this, if you get to me, I'm going to get you to the Father. So get this, Jesus did not even put the importance on him. He put the importance on whom? Guys, it's hope. Hey, y'all come in. Sit, get seated real quick. These are the best kids in the world. They're going to give me two minutes to finish, right? All right. All right. Now, keep that. Keep that. It's getting to know him. Walking to know him. Everybody knows the man Enoch in the Bible? 
Great man, wasn't he? All the Bible says about him was he walked with God. When everything was going great with Adam, what do we know about him? We know that in the court, he and his wife walked with God. I'm going to tell y'all a secret about me. My spiritual life ebbs and flows with two things. Not that I get into the room and all of a sudden my face shines like the brilliant sun and beams start to flow out of my fingers and I begin to quiver with the anointing. If, that, if that's on me right at the right time, it, 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 no, uh-oh. Mm. It ain't about me. It's not Jimmy's anointing. But spending time with God stirs up the Father's anointing, yes. the Holy Ghost anointing in me. Yes. And that can be never me. That can work every go. You get me? But my spiritual life ebbs and flows with two things. The time I spend in his work and my, my discipline to get myself out in the morning or get myself out in the evening and I walk with God and we talk. And we talk just like you and me. I don't say thee and thou all the time. We go up, we talk. He gave me a neat little thing. He gave me a little thing. I told Jan. But he gave me a neat little thing for every one of my kids this morning. We were out talking. And God said, why don't you do this? Yes, I'll do that. I'll do that. God wants to talk to you. And guess what? If you screwed up that day, that does not that does not cancel out his desire to talk to you. Guess what? In fact, he wants to talk to you. Oh. He, what did Jesus call? He didn't say, I'm about to be about God's business. He didn't even say Jehovah. He said, My The very essence of the prayer life is doing this. He is your father. Rick, let me ask you something. If you knew Nick had this incredible day, he, he accomplished all this great stuff, you would want to talk to him, right? But let me ask you this, and we're done. If Nick would have had a horrible day and screwed it up, made a mess of it, you want to talk to him more. And if, listen to this. If you, and I'm just quoting Jesus, and I'll explain this. If, you, if we be evil fathers, what's that mean? We're way below the perfection of the father. Right now, us, we're way below, we're, we're trying to get, we're pushing towards it. If we know how to do good things for our children, how much more does the heavenly father talk to you and give you the things that you have? We'll pick up here next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. You young folks don't know what that means. Let's stand up for a feet. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what James said? Hey, you know what James said? He said, you have not because you ask them. And when you do ask you ask of this. You have not because you asked. Now, everybody say this. I, I, I want to start asking. I, 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 I want to walk with God. I'm 